there's almost this like mindset in society that if you take care of yourself, you're selfish. And that is a lie. And it needs to be rebuked because you cannot pour from an empty cup, just like on the airplane. What do they say? In case of emergency, put your mask on first. Midlife ladies. This is the Dear Midlife Podcast. Unapologetic girl talk that will help you remember who you are and figure out who in the hell you want to become. I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, single mom, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired woman full of sass, sparkle, and a heavy dose of black girl magic. So grab a glass and let's dive into the messy middle. Okay, ladies, we're going to play a little game of word association today. So I know we can't see you, but we want you to raise your hand if you ever have snapped at your kids. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Felt overwhelmed and exhausted. Grabbed a handful of crappy food to snack on at the soccer game or on the road in between. All the time. (laughs) Felt down and depressed. Gave everything you had to everyone else and had nothing left for yourself. Mm-hmm. And despised being a mom. Yes. Girl, we've all been there. I know y'all are raising your hand up there, and we are raising our hand too. Okay, look, girl, here's the deal. This is no way to live your life, running on empty all of the time. So as our guest today, Melissa Rolf says, you can't pour from an empty cup. That's right. I mean, I've tried this for years. Yeah. But you know what, Shelby? We moms think that this is how we gain street cred, right? It's like we wear our exhaustion, like it's a badge of honor, seeing mm-hmm. seeing who can outdo the other one with all the damn giving, like which mom has done more today and who looked the prettiest while she did it. <laughs> oh, oh, and, and you took breakfast to the teachers at school. Well, that's okay because I'm going to bring right? them dinner and then I'm going to bring them snacks tomorrow. But then you what? You took little Johnny to a dentist appointment. Oh my God, girl, you're so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, this is not a competition. And it is time, yes, yes, it is time, time to stop thinking that self-care is selfish. Yes. Time for you to start taking care of your health and for me to start taking care of my health, girl. Yes. And you know what? We don't realize that there is a tremendous connection between your overall health and mental clarity. That is so true. So ladies, look, today we ask you, are you ready to be free? Are you ready to feel at peace with food, with your body, with your life? Mm-hmm. Because our guest today, Melissa, she offers help. She offers hope to the mama who feels overwhelmed, who feels stuck and wants freedom to enjoy life. Yes. Happy, healthy, free. She is in there. She's waiting to come out. So my question for you is, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready, honey. (laughs) Good, because Melissa is a board-certified holistic health and life coach. And this woman has so many certificates and degrees, we can't call them all out here. But she is here today to help you stop putting yourself at the bottom of your priority list. Mm -hmm, That is right. So I am with you on that. No more stressful binge eating escapade. You don't have to live in that overwhelm. And you can live without feeling down or depressed. You can live without the anxiety, without the frustration. Yeah. And guess what? We can enjoy life. Yes. I don't want you out there thinking that you are not good enough because you aren't perfect. Your imperfection is what makes you beautiful, baby girl. Yes. Yes. So true. So true. So I know 
our listener out there is now asking, how? How do we do this? Well, in this episode, Melissa will share with us some seriously insightful tips and techniques to help us all handle our feelings, lose weight, feel good, and regain that energy and mental clarity that we're all looking for. And girls, if you are out there and you are listening to this podcast and our topics are resonating with you, please leave us a review and share this episode with a friend. Without further ado, Melissa Rolfs. Melissa, thank you so much for being here today. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you. I'm excited. Sorry. (laughs) Yes, we're excited too. We are so excited. And I think that this topic is a particularly important topic, I feel, for women in midlife. And it's one that's near and dear to myself because when I was seven years old, my mother died of a heart attack. And Mm. she, as I understand it, was affected by an undetected autoimmune condition where her body thought that her thyroid was a foreign object and then continuously attacked her thyroid. And this is known as Hashimoto's hypothyroiditis. And what that did is your thyroid controls so many of your body functions. It slowed her body down so significantly. It literally stopped her heart from beating. So I have learned over the years that diet exercise and the things that we put in our body and nourish our body with are so impactful to everything in our entire lives. And so I'm very, very mindful of what I put in my body, but sometimes I don't even know what I'm doing. It's just sort of a, you know, throw the spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks approach. And so I'm eager to have you here to share with us what you know about how we can take a more calculated approach with our health and our well-being and live a better life. And so perhaps you can start with sharing with us your story and why you're so passionate about this topic and how you came to this place in life. Yeah, that's really interesting because I lost my dad when I was two. So I feel like sometimes our greatest pain can become our greatest source of strength and why we do what we do. Right. So your mother's death obviously impacted you and how you take care of yourself. And I feel like losing my dad and seeing my mom remarry and losing my stepdad probably five years ago, um, really just highlighted how important our health is and why Mm -hmm. parent, I want to be healthy and alive and around for my kids long-term. So a little bit of my journey is about 12 years ago, I was diagnosed with PTSD from childhood trauma. Mm. And so through that diagnosis and our daughter having some food allergies, really learned about the impact of food on overall health. I think so many times we think food only is associated with weight and that could not be further from the truth. It affects everything, as you said. And so that really opened my eyes on the impact of food on mood and energy and um, mindset and just overall health and vitality. And so my journey of healing and working through that is really what called me to do what I do and help other women who are where I was. So just a little bit of my journey. (laughs) I love that. And I would like to pause on the PTSD and the trauma, if you don't mind. Um, And you've been so lovely to be so vulnerable. And thank you for sharing with us you know, I know that had to be very traumatic for you as a child to lose your father at such a young age. And I, I empathize because it was very traumatic for me to lose my mom at such a young age. And so I'm curious to know the association that health has in helping you heal that trauma that you suffered so long ago. Help us understand how the trauma has impacted your decision to go this path. 
I think the trauma was the root cause, honestly. Like mm. I think had I not gotten that diagnosis, I probably wouldn't have met with the naturopath and gone down that journey because I wouldn't have thought that I needed to. Um, I probably would have changed our nutrition just because of our daughter's food allergies, but I don't know that I would have had the full healing potential that I would have had otherwise, had I not gotten that diagnosis and had that trauma and really worked through it. Cause a lot of times we hold trauma in our bodies. There's some great books around that all about how the body remembers and the body keeps score. And while we can change our habits and our mindset, and we can do the therapy, the body still holds that. So we've got to kind of connect the brains and the body together to bring that healing into full, you know, full healing modality. So so talk to us about your, your first steps in, in your journey. How mm-hmm. did you get started? And I think for me in particular, and I'm sure our listeners get tired of me saying the same damn thing over and over. They're like, come on, get, girl, get up off the couch and do it. Um, but for me in particular, and I know for so many other women that are out there, it always feels like those first steps really are the hardest ones. So whether it is going back and, and, saying, okay, I've got to start with the childhood trauma, or maybe it's just put the Twinkie down. What is the first step and how, how did you get started on your journey? And how could we think about taking those important first steps for ourselves? Yeah, that's a great question. I think for me, I started meeting with a life coach just because I was so frustrated. I was isolated. I was angry. I felt like I had been given the American dream. I had, you know, a beautiful home and a great husband and kids and the white picket fence. And I was miserable. So I'm Mm. like, something needs to change here because I've been sold this bag of goods that isn't promising what it said it would. (laughs) So I started meeting with a coach to just see, you know, is there something I can do differently? Is there something that's missing? And she is actually the one who diagnosed me with the PTSD because she was also a licensed clinical social worker and had the ability to do that. So from there, I started meeting with a coach just because I knew I wasn't happy. I wasn't the mom I wanted to be. I wasn't showing up in the world as I wanted to. So I started to meet with a coach to change, but that led to the PTSD diagnosis, which led to me meeting with a naturopath and really learning about vitamins and minerals and the importance of food. Cause I love sugar, like sugar was yeah. my go-to. I lived off of Swedish fish and diet Dr. Pepper and big pretzels with cheese. And like, I was just trying to energize myself because I was exhausted from caring for these kids. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. It sounds like you've been on a journey that I think a lot of our listeners will relate to. So I feel like mom's are busy and we're pouring so much of ourselves into other people. And where Trinity has used this uh, likeness in the past, like we have the mom card and the wife card and the PTO president card and all of these cards. And we're playing our cards every day, laying them out on the table. And then at the end of the day, we have nothing left for ourselves. Our cards have all been played and we have nothing. We're holding nothing for ourselves. And in, in a way, it sounds like you were a little bit lost. Mm -hmm. Um, in that journey. And so having the life coach was able to help you pick yourself up and heal from that trauma. And it sounds like that healing of the trauma was the very first step. And that is so powerful. And I just want to iterate that for women out there, because I feel like we forget, or maybe we don't even know that all of these things are so interconnected. Mm -hmm to one another. 
And, you know, I think we are so accustomed to taking care of everybody else. We fail to stop and take care of ourselves. And so was there a moment in time? I know that you said that you were feeling lost and and you, you didn't know what was going on. Was there a, can you share with us a story that might've been a, that rock bottom moment that served as a catalyst to push you to that life coach's door? Yeah. I was an angry mom. Like I was Mm. like yelling at my kids, peeling out of parking lots, like the littlest things would trigger me. And I didn't realize what was going on. I just thought that I was like destined to be an angry mom because I had these kids and I was not caring for myself. It's exactly like you described Shelby. Like I was giving, 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 giving and not replenishing. And you can't do that. And I think there's almost this like mindset in society that if you take care of yourself, you're selfish. And that is a lie. And it needs to be rebuked because you cannot pour from an empty cup, just like on the airplane. What do they say? In case of emergency, put your mask on first. Why don't we do that in life? Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely get kind of riled up. (laughs) Yes. We love your passion for sure. So then help us understand, let's unpack that a little bit. What is it about our diets? And I've heard the standard American diet referred to as the sad diet, the standard American diet, because we eat so much sugar, so much processed foods. So what is it about those things that contribute to the, the feelings, the, the negative feelings that you were having that you were displaying with your children and the exhaustion? What impact does that have on our bodies then? It has such an impact. So there's a huge connection between the gut and the brain. So um, we went to a chiropractor and their philosophy was when you heal the gut, you heal the brain. And that couldn't, that, that is so true. I've seen it for myself and for my kids. And so when you're giving your gut, you know, whole foods, when it's getting nourishment from living food and it's like least processed form, and it's not getting all those chemicals and additives and preservatives, that is just so phenomenal in overall health. That's where the energy comes in. That's where, you know, even anxiety is linked to mm. that health depression, ADHD, there's so many contributing factors that can be linked to gut health. And really, if we can change our diet and eat whole foods, kind of stay stay away from that standard American diet, really understand how what you're putting in and on your bodies impacts you. That's a game changer. They're even putting sugar in ketchup, which makes no sense to me. Like sugar is nine times more addictive than cocaine. It absolutely correlates to anxiety. Um, For me, I think the food dyes were making me very angry. There's a link between that. Like it's just food in its most natural form, the way that it's intended is what's best for our bodies. But I think we get busy. I think you've got a lot of parents, both are working and we're we're in a hurry. And so it's easier to grab that. No fault of anybody's own. Um, I think if we can just get mindful and understand how those ingredients are impacting our overall health, that could really change a lot of things in our society. Hmm. So Shelby, I'm not a bitch. I just need to eat a carrot. <laughs> That's it. Just give me a carrot. We're going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Um. So then tell us just for our audience's definition, what do you mean by whole foods? Whole food is food like in its natural form. So like fruits, vegetables, nuts, um, grass, meat. The reason for grass is because if you think about cows in their natural environment, they graze on grass. That's natural for them. They're not sitting out there eating cobs of corn. Um, So I think the corn becomes an issue because of how the animal processes it. And then 
Corn is one of the foods. There are seven foods that people are most likely to be intolerant to, corn being one of the seven. So if you have a corn intolerance and you've had beef from a a cow that's been corn fed, that's going to affect you as well. So it's just Mm -hmm. really important the sourcing of the food, but the least amount of packaging possible um, is really whole foods. So would you say at this point you are... Are you really strict about it? Do you never open a package at this stage, Melissa? Okay, girl, I have two kids and they're okay. in sports. And so <laughs> we're driving like, like three hours to basketball games. Um, <laughs> so I'm very selective about the foods. Like we will do um, those fruit leathers. They're like dried fruit. And that's one. Um, the made good bars, those are made with like fruits and vegetables. They do have some sugar in them, um, but really just try to get those like cleaner ingredients. It's, Mm. I don't believe it's realistic at this season of life to only eat whole foods just because of being on the go and being in the car all the time. Agreed. And I have so many questions now, so many things. (laughs) Okay. So I want to know then I've heard you mention some of those foods that are grab and go for the kids, but I want to know for us women who are in midlife, who are really trying to live our best lives and be there and healthy for our children. What can we do? What are the tips that you can provide us to be able to do that effectively and efficiently? Because we do have so much on our plates. The last thing we have time to do is spend four hours making this beautiful, wholesome dinner in our apron, you know, June Cleaver style. So tell us, please, Guru, what is the answer? I don't do that. I don't spend four hours in my apron. I don't think I own an apron, girl, okay? (laughs) So I think it's just, it's it's being mindful. I think it's planning ahead. Um, I think it's knowing like when you are on the go, having those healthy snacks, you know, maybe have those bars in your glove box or maybe having some nuts in your purse or some fruits and vegetables. I'm a big fan of like prepping ahead of time. So use the weekends to cut the fruit, cut the vegetables. That way you've got them on hand and you can grab and go. One thing our kids like, uh, and this is an intolerant, I've already mentioned it, but is the skinny pop. So I'll just like put bags of skinny pop in the pantry and we'll grab those on occasion. But, you know, just kind of having some things ahead of time. I think preparation is the biggest thing. And even if you do that with your breakfast. I do overnight oats. Like I'll make those on Sunday and I have them for the week in the fridge. I'll plan out our meals based on sports schedules. Sometimes we need to do a crock pot. Sometimes we grill, but it's usually a protein, a complex carb and a vegetable. It doesn't have Mm. to be complicated. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Did that answer Uh, your question? (laughs) Yes. Very well. Thank you. Yeah. And it's so helpful to prep even in, in prepping of, you know, marinating, your meats or having those things ready to cook, I find is the easiest thing for me in order to stay semi healthy. You know, you mentioned about sugar and I'm not a huge sugar person, but my sister is like literally cookie monster. If you, if there is a cookie in the house, she's going to sniff it out. And that joker is going to meet its demise. And so in her quest to try to get off of sugar, as you mentioned, it is more addictive than cocaine. So I'm curious about your journey in removing sugar or at least those processed sugars from your life. It was a gong show. So I will 
encourage your listeners with things that might be helpful so they don't have to have the same gong show. I think for me, if you can get curious and ask, what am I looking for in this moment? Because a lot of times we'll have a craving and we'll recognize it as a craving and we automatically think it's hunger. And so we'll try to satisfy that hunger with sugar. That's what I did. But if you can figure out what you're really craving, sometimes it's you need more alone time. Sometimes you need more people interaction because if the craving is not a food-based craving, food is never going to satisfy. So I think if you can just really get curious and ask, what am I looking for right now? I think that can be a game changer. And that's been a huge help to me and the women that I've worked with. I think another good question to ask is, am I hungry enough to eat an apple right now? And if you're not hungry for the apple, you're probably not hungry for the cookie and you're eating it for another reason. Right. But we know when we're going for that cookie that we're not hungry. We know it's like, damn, I just want a cookie. I just want right. ice cream. I just want, but why? you know, right. So and stop so- and ask that. Like, I think we're really good at judging ourselves, right? Like, oh, I shouldn't have this. This is bad. This is whatever. And we judge yeah. it. But if we could take that judgment away and get curious, what am I looking for? What do I need? What is the experience I'm wanting to have by eating this cookie right now? That can shift it sometimes. Yes. So what were some examples of the answers that you received when you asked yourself why? And what would you do in that moment to trade off? Well, a lot of times I was just pushing my feelings down because I didn't know what to do with them. So I was like, I'm angry. I shouldn't be angry. I love my kids. And it was a lot of guilt and shame. Mm -hmm. And so I was trying to push it down, which made it worse. Let's be honest. And was that enough for you to then not eat the cookie or was it then, okay, I'm going to eat an apple instead. Eventually I had to start asking myself, am I really hungry? Mm -hmm. That was the other thing is like identifying the cues in the body for hunger and fullness. Because we can make ourselves think that we're hungry, right? Like if there's that extra oh, for sure. that in the fridge, ooh, pizza sounds really good. We're not even hungry, but we're eating it because it's there, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think asking if, if we're really hungry and what are we looking for? I think that that was a huge thing for me and really learning, okay, I'm using the sugar to kind of push the feelings down. How can I work through the feelings in a healthy way? So I don't need to push them down and I don't need to feel that guilt and shame and then after I would eat the sugar would come the condemnation. So how do we right. find the freedom from those emotions? Yeah, I love it. So what did you start to notice in terms of withdrawal symptoms as you started to live a more sugar-free life? Not too many. I mean, I had a slight headache initially, but I think that one thing that really helped me was I was really good at doing simple swaps. So mm. I didn't cut it out entirely. I just kind of made a healthier upgrade. So for example, with like the diet. Like Beyonce, pepper, let me upgrade you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so with like Diet Dr. Pepper, I would do like Zevia. That's a really like healthier soda. You know, you could do sparkling water. You could trade the white cane sugar for coconut sugar because that's low glycemic. It's going to keep your blood sugars level. That was something that was really helpful and just kind of finding healthier versions of food that I already liked. That was a big game changer. Because if you take something out and you create that vacuum, you need to fill it. Like there's a need for it to be filled. So I think the key is what are we filling it with? Absolutely. Those are great tips. And, and as you did that and you started to come out the other side, what, what did you notice in your body of, of the benefits and how you started to feel different or think different? I think the most noticeable thing to other people, it didn't really notice 
I didn't notice it as much was weight loss. And I think that's where I maybe got confused because I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, it's all about weight. And it was back to that mindset of food and weight are only interconnected for that reason. But my journey was when people would say that, I would say, but wait, you notice the weight, but let me tell you how good I feel. Like my Mm. moods are better. My brain fog is gone. I have more energy. I'm not curled up on the couch in fetal position. When my husband gets home, like I want to be with my kids. I want to play with my kids. I'm happy. I'm healthy. Like this is amazing. And everybody should have this life. (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. Congratulations. What a journey. And that's so, so powerful. It is within our grasp too, right? Absolutely. That's what I was going to say, Trinity. Like, I just want people to know that they can have this. Like, it's not just something for the select few. It's there for everybody. It absolutely is. And I'm sure there are a lot of other foods too. We heard you talk about not just sugar, but whole foods. Here's where I struggle. I struggle knowing what I should be putting in my body. And I mentioned that I have Hashimoto's hypothyroiditis like my mom. And that a lot of things do impact your thyroid function. As a matter of fact, I think a lot of women out there probably have some sort of thyroid dysfunction without even recognizing it, just like my mom did. And you said dyes and and all sorts of things have an impact on your energy levels, your weight is is true, but your your stress levels, your energy levels, your temperament. So how do we know? Are there tests? Are there some sort of thing that we can utilize to know what is what my body needs, because what my body needs might be different than what your body needs or what Trinity's body needs. So how do we know what we need? Yeah, totally. We're all different, right? Like one size doesn't fit all. And I think that's a really big myth in the diet industry is that this plan works for me. I got this result. You should do it too. If you hear that run the opposite way, because we're not all made Mm. the same, there's something called bioindividuality, which is all of us are different and unique and what works for one doesn't work for all. So you are your own best health expert. Your body's going to tell you what it needs and how it responds based on things. I think the trick is that we haven't been taught to listen to our bodies. When we try to mask the pain, like a headache, for example, with aspirin, and maybe we are dehydrated. Maybe we got the headache because we are out of alignment and we need to get adjusted. Like we should probably look for the root cause of what's happening in our body and what it's saying. That's one thing. But if you are like me, (laughs) you are like, okay, I'm not real familiar with this. You can do testing. Everly Well is a company that you can do at-home sensitivity Mm. testing. You can go to an allergy clinic and ask for the, the intolerance testing, and they will give you the results of how your body responds to certain foods. Okay. And do you recommend those tests? Because I've heard mixed things about sort of the food testing and how some of the results can be potentially inconsistent. So I'm curious to get your perspective on what you, you feel if they're realistic or their results are truthful. It's hard to say. So I went to the allergist and they did my testing and I felt like at the time it was accurate, but our bodies are always changing based on, you know, seasons of life and what we're putting in them and that sort of thing. My husband did the Everly well, and I don't feel like his were as accurate because again, I think it, when you're doing it at home, I think there is more of a level of error, honestly, because you're not, you know, you don't know how much blood to put on there or how to, like, I just think there's a little bit more room for error if you're doing it at home. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. You prick your finger and then you pass out because you can't stand mm-hmm. the side of blood. That gets <laughs> awkward too. 
Totally. And then you have another issue on your hands. <laughs> like, now what do I do? I'm allergic to pricking my own finger. We know that. You know, it's as much as I think we all kind of know so many of these notions, right? We've we've heard varying degrees of, you know, eat this, not that, food pyramid, you know, all of that stuff. We've kind of been bombarded, I think, with so much information related to nutrition, some good, some bad, right? We can all say how many times has the food pyramid changed or or whatnot. So as you went through this journey, what do you recall as maybe kind of the biggest aha for you or or the biggest thing that you learned that you were like, you know what, this is new, this is different than all of the information that I've been bombarded with. And this is something that I can tuck in my pocket and has really been kind of a a life-changing nugget for you. I think it's that I know my body best. Like, I think we're Mm. so quick to outsource, right? Like, oh, I have this. And we go to someone who is an expert in this field, but they're not an expert in you. And so I think we all have that gut wisdom, right? Like we are all our own best health expert, but we just haven't been taught how to tap into it and trust that. And so I think I really learned how to tap into that. And that served me better as a wife, as a mom, as a business owner, because when you can trust yourself, that goes into every situation of life. I love that. And it's so true. My body like craves the weirdest things. Like all of a sudden I'm like, I need beats today. Whoever like wakes up and says, I need a beat. I do. What the heck does that mean? Who's going to write us the book that tells us when my body says eat beets, it means <laughs> like, I need to know these things. Yeah. I might have something on that for you. Oh, <laughs> yay. Yes. I love it. Well, I think what I hear you saying is listen to your body, but what if here's where I think women out there will really struggle I think number one, you're right. We haven't learned to get in tune with our body. And so that's definitely a key ingredient to better health and wellness. But I also know people who are quite, have a lot of visibility into the issues and problems they have and still dig in their heels and refuse to change. I would like to note a friend of mine had a father who was diagnosed with diabetes and was having significant issues. He, he was nearly close to losing his feet. He was having all kinds of blackout issues. I could go on and on about his issues with the diabetes, but he went to the doctor. The doctor said, here's what you need to do. You need to stop eating high fat meats. You need to stop eating these things. And he left the doctor's office and literally went to the grocery store. I'm I'm not lying, about 17 pounds of red meat. Why do we do this? Why are we so resistant to changing our health and diet when we've got the test results, when we've got the doctor's orders, when we've got the pains that we experience every single day, why are we so resistant? And how do you navigate that with the patients that you, you help lead to a better path of health and wellness? I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I think one is that maybe there is a belief that they don't matter and they're not worth taking care of. So they're not willing Mm -hmm. to change because of that belief system. And it might be something else. Maybe they don't believe that the doctors are right. Maybe they don't believe whatever the reason is, but a lot of times it's that foundational belief because from our beliefs come our thoughts 
and come our feelings and come our actions. So usually there's some foundational belief work that needs to happen for people to change. I think the other thing is sometimes there is a little bit of rebellion and we want to be naughty and we want to not do what we're told, right? Like, I think there's that like almost inner child part of us that's like, oh, I'm just going to disobey and see what happens. But I think the other reason is, and this is what I've seen a lot with the women that I work with, is there is such an emotional attachment to the food or to the behavior that until we get to the root of that, they're not willing to change. So an example is I had a client who hated cheese and crackers, but when she was stressed, would be eating cheese and crackers. So we did digging and discovered that for her, when she was younger, and it was a really, really happy time in her life, all of her family was together and they would eat cheese and crackers. So when she wasn't having that happiness in her life as an adult, and she was stressed, she was eating cheese and crackers because she associated that with being happy. So I think a lot of times there's another deeper, you know, connection emotionally to why we do the things that we do. So I think those could be three reasons why people have a hard time changing. That is so fascinating. So we talk a lot on our show about identity and trauma, and there is a lot of identity and trauma tied into what we eat, the way we eat, why we eat. And so sometimes moving forward in a path of better health and wellness is about unpacking that childhood story of origin and what is the source of the feelings of rebellion or the source of the feelings of cravings that you're having that are driving your desires. And that is just so fascinating to me. It's amazing. I mean, it's phenomenal work to like see people realize like, I've been doing this because of this. I didn't even know, like we're so close to it and it's all that we know, but sometimes we just can't see it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting because I'm just sitting here unpacking my own mental baggage, right? As we are talking, this is the great thing about being a, you know, a podcast host. You get to like learn something new about yourself every time you get on one of these podcasts. And I'm sitting here thinking like Trinity asked the question, what is the why behind why people eat some of these things? And honestly, for me, um, or you were even saying, ask yourself why you're reaching for this. And I know for me, it's it's maybe a bit of boredom. And I'm sitting here thinking, I like to cook and entertain people. From this moment I was a child, I used to invite the entire swim team over to my house after after swim practice and make these gigantic breakfasts for everybody. And so maybe I am associating food with community and entertainment. And so I find myself when I'm feeling bored, that is the why behind my going to the cabinet and trying to find something to satiate me. And what I'm actually craving is community. What I'm reaching for is a bag of Oreos. Right. And so I'm really getting into this idea of this mental unpacking and really digging into the root cause. That's what I did, right. Like I was lonely and isolated. So I was going to the Oreos, the Swedish fish. Like I was looking for that sweetness that I found in relationship and community, but didn't have anymore because I was home changing poopy diapers and dealing with nap schedules. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Oh my gosh. So how do we know when we're in this place as women? I mean, you know, what are some of the symptoms that we can identify and how do we put a foot forward? I think the easiest thing you can do, and this is going to sound like such a no-brainer, you're going to be like, really? Stay hydrated. Like hydration impacts cravings. It impacts mood. 
It impacts your muscles. It impacts so many areas of your life. And just staying hydrated can have a really, really big impact on so many areas of your health. Um, And I think too, you know, slowing down and asking yourself those questions, like, what am I looking for? Why am I going for this? And even just starting to connect with your body, if that's something you haven't done, you know, maybe just sit in silence for a minute or two and just see like, where do I feel any tension in my body? Do I feel anything coming up and what could that be indicative of? So three easy things right there and they're all free. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. And those are things you can do in the carpool line at the soccer match, (laughs) you know, changing the poopy diapers, all of those things. But I think that's so important. And thank you so much for sharing those nuggets of wisdom, because I think as busy moms, it's hard for us just to even stop for a minute. But if we do just take that minute and we, you know, take a drink of water or ask ourselves what it is that we need in this moment, then, and why I'm feeling this way, then that's just so powerful. Absolutely. There's also a breathing technique that might be helpful. It's called the five, five, seven breath. And it's basically breathing in and breathing in for five seconds, holding the breath for five seconds, and then exhaling for seven seconds. And what that does is it kind of gets our bodies out of fight or flight. So if you're really anxious or nervous, that kind of syncs the sympathetic nervous system with the parasympathetic nervous system. So the body and the brain are both kind of calm because it's easy Mm. for our, our bodies to maybe freak out, but our brain's to say, I feel really calm. So that kind of puts things back in motion. And again, you can do that at the soccer match in the carpool line in the grocery store lane, when somebody gets in the express lane and they have 15 items instead of 10. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Because it's the fight or flight too, that drives our cravings and drives our need to feel like, oh, we have to put fuel in our bodies because we, our body thinks we're running from a tiger, (laughs) which we're not. We're just running to get our kids to soccer practice because we're inevitably late all the time. At least I am always five minutes, always five minutes, people. (laughs) Only five, (laughs) only five. Oh, goodness. Well, Melissa, it's been so lovely having you on our show today. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing, you know, so much rich wisdom with us and with our listeners. I feel like these are all simple steps that we can take each and every one of us just to move forward and have a life of better health and wellness. So if our audience were wanting to get in touch with you, tell us where they can find you. Sure. My website is free, the number two B coaching.com. So free number two, letter B coaching.com. And there you can find all my socials and all the things I've got some free gifts on there as well, but thank you for having me. I've loved the conversation. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Shelby, what a great episode. I learned so much today from Melissa. That was fantastic. So good. Yes, me too. So our key points from today, our takeaways, pen and paper, if you have it handy, number one, what you put into your body, it has a tremendous impact on your overall mental health, your clarity, your vitality, and of course, your physical health. Yes. And number two, you cannot pour from an empty cup. You cannot give all that you have to others without replenishing your own energy. Absolutely. And third, there's this huge connection between the gut and the brain. Our diet has been linked to ADHD, depression, anxiety, and so many other mental and physical health disorders that we cannot ignore this connection any longer. 
Yes, absolutely. And so in order to solve these problems, we have to be able to, number four, prepare in advance grab-and-go snacks that are made of whole foods. And whole foods, ladies, remember, are those foods that have the least packaging. Think produce section of the grocery store, fewest ingredients, Mm -hmm. and you can prepare those in advance so that you can live a better, healthier life. And fifth, if you are like me, you know this to be true. Sugar is nine times more addictive than cocaine. Freaking crazy. So when you get that sugar craving, ask yourself, what am I looking for in this moment? What is my heart needing? What is my soul needing? Because it's not your stomach and it's not yeah. your taste buds. You're, you're chasing an addiction. Yes. And number six, use simple swaps when removing sugar. For example, think about like low glycemic coconut sugar versus cane sugar. Mm. You'll be on your way to a better brain, better health, better gut, better life. That's it. That's it. That's it. So baby girl, we know you can do it. We know that we can do it. And guess what? We're not alone. We are in this together. So thank you for joining us. And as Shelby said at the beginning, if you love us and you love what you're hearing as much as we love you and we love that you're joining, then please leave us a message. Let us know what we can do to continue to bring you the content that you are looking for. And as always, we cannot wait to spend time with you again. So until next week, we'll meet you in the middle. 